Today on the Topping Show, Vivek on World Economic Forum, Anheuser Bush Stella tweet is alcohol and interest is free. Macy's to lay off 2,350 employees. Wendy's gets a former PepsiCo executive for their new CEO, and beds are being recalled due to the risk of collapse. All of that and much more on the Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice today. Guy say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, you see, that's the joke. If you're an IT leader or a business owner, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of January. So if you click that button, I'd really appreciate it. Now going over to the business part of the podcast, you have Macy's to lay off 2,350 jobs in a mix between both corporate as well as store customer-facing roles. Now this, as the economy becomes more and more precarious, no one knows what's going to happen with the election, a lot of businesses are pulling back on a lot of initiatives, and you have some companies that provide pretty much frivolous luxury goods you don't need, like Macy's. There's nothing you need at a Macy's store. It's They have some nice things, and I know they do a lot of advertising around Cologne, which I suppose some people would purchase. Uh, truth be told, how many years did my Cologne ball last? Maybe 15? Nevertheless, it's mostly luxury items you don't need to survive. Now, it looks like the breakdown between the employees, it looks like the layoffs represent a 3.5% of their total permanent workforce and 13% of its corporate staff. And that is going to be taking place specifically on January 26th. They are also going to be closing five stores. Now, they note that the retailer is also investing in improving visual merchandising in stores and upgrading its e-commerce experience. Layoffs come as Macy's president prepares to become the new CEO next month, and the company fights over, off a $5.8 billion buyout bid from activist investors. So, in terms of the timing of this, it would it's one of those things where if it had to be done, it was best done now. Because the shareholders and most of the public, they're not going to blame the new CEO who hasn't officially started yet. So this is, you could kind of use the previous CEO as a little bit of a scapegoat or tack this onto their coattails to say, well, this is because of this person. You got this new person coming. They're going to revolutionize everything. They'll fix all your problems in theory. But so there's a little silver lining there. It's also, you know, start of a new year. So there's just a lot, a lot of companies that are struggling to begin with. And truth be told, I wonder what their stock is at these days. Granted, stock is always, always hindsight is always 2020, especially the stocks. It looks like last week went down about 6%. In the past month, is down, so again, case reference point, currently trading for $15.97 per share. Let me see here. Macy's. Wow. Where is that? Let's see here. CEO Jenny founded Campu Revenue 24 24.97 billion in 2019, which is actually pretty darn good. Let me go to Yahoo to get. No, actually no, I misspoke. This current trading price is $17.45 per share. Now in terms of the trend, zooming out, go to the five oh geez Louise, the pop-ups never end. Let's see here, Macy's M. Macy's Inc, 17.45. So the past month is down negative 
past six months has actually went up a little bit by 7.25%. Year to date, granted it's only been a couple weeks, but nevertheless is down 11.369%. In the past 12 months, their stock went down by nearly a quarter at negative 23.4%. Then you go to five-year trend, it's even worse, has negative 31.6%. Interestingly enough, it looks like the stock is actually up, historically speaking. The max is actually still up from the IPO. It looks like, looks like the first plot point you see is February 7th, 1992 at $7.81 per share. Let's see here. And so they've grown a little bit. Granted, they're definitely not in the S&P 500, to say the least. And it'll be interesting to see is all these retailers, I mean, retail is one of the most complex forms of business these days as e-commerce has taken over the world. And especially for luxury items, y'all, that's usually the first things that people pull back on because, again, you don't need new cologne for Macy's or a new whatever they also sell there, perhaps a new article of clothing. Truth be told, I'm one of those folks I prefer to buy, you know, one or two suits to make them last forever. But nevertheless, that also begs the question, when was the last time you actually went to a Macy's store? And when was the last time there's a compelling reason for you to go there? Certainly, they have some exclusivity contracts with a couple of designers that may inspire people to go there, or and then maybe a couple of musicians or artists. But, I don't know, I can't help but think, what is the compelling reason for people to go to Macy's these days that you can't replicate another competitor or you can't buy somewhere else? So, again, definitely not financial advice, but when it comes to the outlook for 2024 at Macy's, I'll be interested to see. You're gonna have a new CEO, so granted, hopefully they have some new ideas. I'll be able to reinvigorate the company, but it'll be. Let's just say I'm pessimistic to say the least. This will be a good fiscal year for most businesses with so much economic uncertainty, so much inflation, and again, these are luxury items. You don't need anything there, so I would say the outlook for them is precarious to say the least. But yeah, let me know in the comments. When was the last time you actually went to Macy's, and what did you buy there? I'm trying to remember. I've been inside of Macy's as a child. I, truth be told, I'm trying to think of every body thing. I did buy things from JCPenney as a child, but Macy's? I, granted, I'm sure the core demographic is mostly female, and I certainly would think. But again, let me know what you went in there and bought, or if you just did a little window shopping. As always, be fascinated to hear what you have to say. Other interesting business news, you have Wendy's gets a new PepsiCo exec to become their CEO. Now this comes to us thanks to Amelia Lucas over at CNBC, and they note they're hiring the CEO in part to fight off activist pressure, which is something you're seeing more and more as a theme when we talk about publicly traded companies, whether it be Walt Disney, you have Tesla. There are many companies where if there are some activists or some investors who think the CEO is not going doing their fiduciary responsibility or they're moving the company in the wrong direction, some activists will actually increase their footprint or they'll increase rather their size and stake in the company so they can fight, <coughs> excuse me, to get some more seats on the board of directors and help sway the direction of the company. And in some cases, you also have activist, activist investors who just want to buy out the whole company as well, which is what Macy's actually is in risk of and some of the other companies have been throughout the years. Now, it looks like this specific gentleman that's coming from PepsiCo is by the name of Kirk Tanner. And he spent more than three decades with PepsiCo. And, I mean, that's probably the most successful beverage company right up there with Coca-Cola. Actually, now, my ADHD knows no bounds. Now I'm curious. I'm, I would guess, does PepsiCo probably still have a big market cap because of the Frito-Lay? 
because Pepsi's stock, their mar PepsiCo's stock total value is $228 billion. And we go to Coca-Cola, Cola stock. Their current market value is, no way, $258.84 billion. So they are pretty darn close. Well, it's actually a little disappointing just with PepsiCo because again, if you go to the grocery store, they own about 65% of the, the salty snack aisle. You just go down there and look at the little label at the, bottom, at the back of most packaging when it comes to junk food. And you'll see if it doesn't say PepsiCo, it will say their address over in Texas. So I'm actually shocked. Even with the salty snacks, they're not beating Coca-Cola in terms of the total stock value and market cap. Now, that being said, the stock price is still triple. So Coca-Cola about... Coca-Cola is at $57.87 per share, while PepsiCo is at $166.36 per share. And their dividend yield is darn near identical as well. So Coca-Cola is at 3.07, PepsiCo is at 3.04 dividend yield. But nevertheless, back to Wendy's, which interestingly enough, you could also tie in because there's one of the suppliers is undoubtedly Coca-Cola or Pepsi. Now, let's see here. They know that recently Wendy's had taken over Burger King as the second largest burger chain in the U.S. by sales, right behind, of course, the big OG, McDonald's. Now, they also know that the chain has struggled with the, the slowdown in low-income consumer spending, which, again, this also many issues with the cost of goods increasing and just the components of everything that you want to buy going up to record high inflation. You also have labor rates in some states. I forget if it's 20 or $26 per hour, but California is inc ridiculously increasing the wages for fast food workers are going against what the business interests they're just the government's dictating it so that's that's going to kill cat fast food categories in many states i believe long term because again you get, the purpose of fast food is fast and cheap i mean no one's going to mcdonald's or wendy's for 13 or i would say even you know 10 dollar hamburger i mean truth be told i might not be the authoritarian to speak about the taste of the product Truth be told, I don't think I've had one of those for 20 years. But, like, what's a Big Mac cost these days? Granted. Okay, so the average cost is $5.58, which is actually up from $4.89 or 70 cents before Biden took office. There's actually a whole article that talks about the politics of foods, which perhaps we'll dive into another time. But, yeah, that's almost $6 because, again, you got to pay sales tax. $6 for a hamburger. I mean, the dollar menu used to be a ruling million, well, actually billion dollar idea but yeah wendy's has had to increase the price like they all have now going back to the experience of kirk tanner it looks like that'll be effective february 15th or sorry february 5th so right around the corner and this is as wendy's wants to try to boost its share price and ease pressure from activist investors which also begs the questions what is wendy's stock price 19 dollars 34 per share compared to Jeez Louise, hindsight's always 2020. McDonald's is trading for $300.21 for a single share. McDonald's market cap is $217.78 billion. Wendy's market cap, oh geez Louise. That is night and day, which also shows you the difference between a real estate company and a fast food company. Read one of Ray Kroc's books to, well, that's not really a joke, more of a funny observation of how McDonald's really makes money. So McDonald's, the whole company, the whole market cap of McDonald's is $217.78 billion. That's the value of all the stock out there. Just suppose that with Wendy's, Wendy's is worth $3.99 billion. Which, 
is astronomically low. Now, of course, we have to check really quick what's Burger King stock, or are they privately held, because I know they were bought out a couple years ago by Restaurant Concepts is the actual legal name behind it, so I think they are no longer on it. Let me see. let's double check though. Burger King stock. Uh, they're owned by Restaurant Brands International, which A plus for marketing. At least you know what they're doing. So Restaurant Brands International. Now, granted, that's a little. They own multiple brands, so it's difficult to say what the actual value is for that specific intellectual property and business that they owned. But even then, Restaurant Brands International is trading for seventy-six dollars and sixty-four cents per share. It looks like their market cap is thirty-four billion dollars. So Wendy's definitely has some improvement. Now again, we're going back to the Wendy's, the five-year trend for Wendy's. It has gone up by 13%, so at least it's not negative. Go back to the one-year trend for Wendy's. The one-year trend is down 12.85%. Year to date, granted it's only been a couple weeks, but only down 0.15%. Six months, Wendy's is down 10.8%. And then the past month is down 4%. And last week is down about 1%. So not, not the best, although they do pay dividends. It's got a pretty good dividend yield at 5.17%. Granted, definitely not financial advice because, again, hindsight's always 20-20 when it comes to these things. And truth be told, I recommend people just invest in themselves because that's the ultimate gamble of starting a business, which, statistically speaking, will not always do good. It's a tough thing to do, but if you make it, grind and work like hell, you can achieve great things. But I digress. Going back to Mr. Kirk Tanner's experience, Tanner is currently the head of Pepsi's North American beverage be uh, business. Prior to his time at the company's drink unit, he spent three years leading Pepsi's global food service dis division. In total, he spent more than three decades at Pepsi. The outgoing CEO, Wendy CEO, Todd Penagor, has been at the realm, <coughs> excuse me, the realm of the company since 2016. Under his leadership, Wendy successfully launched its breakfast menu nationwide, helping the company overtake Burger King as the second largest U.S. burger chain by sales. Definitely not by market cap. But nevertheless, they also know that the chain also faced some, some setbacks during this tenure. Low-income consumers have cut back on their spending at Wendy's, and the large franchise declared bankruptcy. And a large franchise declared bankruptcy in November. See here, because again, these are an overwhelming majority of these stores are owned by mom and pops and individual businesses who buy franchises. That's actually how Burger King made headlines earlier this week when they made news that they were going to buy about 600 stores. So Burger King, the parent company, they're going to buy 600 stores from the individual owners or the businesses who owns, or actually, sorry, one large business that owned many stores, 600 to be exact, for about a billion dollars. They're going to buy them, revamp them, fix them up, and then their long-term plan is to resell them. And you see this with most restaurants is a franchise model with only a couple exceptions where the parent company owns a majority of the stores. Now, it looks like shares of, uh, yeah, they talk about the market cap was dragged down to 3.97 billion. They also know that, excuse me, apologies. Activist investor Blackwell's Capital is planning to challenge Wendy's board. And board, according to Reuters, the CEO transition could change the firm's mind. But if Blackwell nominates his own board members, it's kicking off a fight with yet another activist investor, Nelson Putz, who's at, who is a chair of Wendy's board. And he is perhaps famously known for turning around many brands, including Dr. Pepper, which I was going to say, Keurig Dr. Pepper is now one of the largest companies on the planet when they built out Dr. Pepper and Snapple groups so big, they actually bought out by Keurig, which was really known for those silly pods, but that changed the world, created a whole category. But he is known for getting businesses out of politics as well as turning businesses around. He, you see his name in the headlines a lot these days when it comes to these involvement with Disney. 
and Nelson Potts is trying to buy up more and more shares of Disney to try to gain control of the company and remove them from doing things like sexualizing children and inserting morally vacuous materials, thereby alienating on average about 50% of the prospective clients. Now, they also note that a year ago, Peltz dropped an effort by his firm, uh, Train Fund, uh, yeah, Trian Fund Management, to acquire the company, signaling the confidence in his performance as, Pel- as Peltz pursued a proxy fight with Disney. Try, yeah, Trian has been an investor in Wendy's since 2005. Wendy's is expected to release its release its Q4 earnings on February 15th. Let's see. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, there's no statistical way I could think or no. There's no way the math works out where they could actually overtake McDonald's. Let me know in the comments if you think differently. But it'll be interesting to see if they're able to continue to boost their sales and regain some of that market share for the, for the lower income folks. I mean, the only way you can see, conceivably do that these days, I think, is going to be ramping up automation, trying to either create your own, become your own supplier for some of the components, or in this case, we would call them ingredients, to try to decrease those costs, which again, there's a big upfront investment. But yeah, trying to lower the price of fast food is becoming more and more difficult as you've had also increased regulation, you have increased labor laws, and you get to the point where an employee can only have X amount of productivity and the price point, you go negative pretty quick. So let me know in the comments. I mean, Wendy's, I don't know, they always, to me, I'm trying to think as a kid, they, they're always respected, but you know, they had, they had the, the shtick of the, the, the cool square hamburger patty, which was good marketing and got your attention. It is different. But, yeah, it's one of those things where my sister liked Wendy's. But, like, my dad, yeah, a couple, there were a couple of folks I knew who were kind of diehard Wendy's fans. But the usual consensus was if you wanted the fastest and the cheapest, you'd go McDonald's. If you wanted something, what is Burger King known for? Because they had cool, maybe cool plastic toys back in the day. But... Yeah, the identity of Wendy's was a little bit more fresh. I mean, they used to have things like, they used to have products like chili and a couple other things that would kind of make it stand out from the crowd. But they, they kind of struggled with their identity lately. So it'll be interesting to see how can they continue this increase in sales and what can they do to regain some of those customers. And again, acquiring a customer back is one of the most difficult things to do in sales and business. But as I always say, time shall tell. Now, going over to the Cultural Power Podcast, you have Anheuser-Busch sell tweet is alcohol-free and mostly interest-free. Now, this comes from, as again, they have multiple beer brands. They own over 40 brands, truth be told. And I think they're kind of seeing the writing on the wall or the elephant in the room, or perhaps more accurately, the Dill Mulvaney in the room. Some would argue just as scary as an elephant, but nevertheless, Bud Light last year, they lost about 30% of their sales every week and about 26% of the sales by volume. So... Bud Light's, that brand has been hit pretty hard. And that boy, when we thought the boycott might end, no, it's not. So you have all these marketing dollars. Where do you put it? Probably not prudent that they paid $100 million to the UFC to try to get some customers back with the Bud Light. Thus far, I haven't seen those sales figures change. So where else could they put money at? Well, Stella's something. I mean, most people don't know they even own it. It sounds fancy. I think it's from, what's the brand or originate from? Maybe Italy? But nevertheless, they also have the non-alcoholic beverage industry. So a lot of these beer companies and these alcohol companies are actually coming out with alcohol-free versions, which not only do you have the low-quality taste, but you also have, you will no longer become inebriated. Now, granted, some might argue with anheuser Bush products, the taste is so viciously disgusting, you may very well still become inebriated because 
it'd be so disgusting your mind might be blown or something to that effect. So perhaps it'll be some semblance of that. But this is a big trend. Non-alcoholic beverages is one of the fastest growing categories in the beverage industry. And it looks like they're gonna try to gain some of that market share. Now, I guess is yeah, it's not a very inspirational ad. Now, Anheuser Bush, this is again from the parent company, their profile, it's not the individual profile of Stella. And they say, quote, the star emoji of January. And it's a picture of a bottle of Stella. Hilariously, there's a small disclaimer text that's really pathetically, it's, it's supposed to be like a legal disclaimer, I suppose, but it's not bold. So you would not know, you wouldn't see this text unless you're looking for it. Um, and the text actually says, message for 21 plus, which is hilariously ironic because Anna Bush wanted to try to sell alcohol to children because they hired Dylan Mulvaney for $185,000 and Dylan's profile in terms of the TikTok interaction, is mostly children. And Bud Light, they said, hey, hold our can and do two pictures and a video. We think it'd be great for our brand, which I'm actually shocked they weren't sued in any capacity by the US government because again, you have to be 21 plus to buy alcohol products. And yet they hired a brand ambassador whose main demographic is people under 21. Same with the platform of TikTok where Dylan has rose into fame. That whole platform is mostly people under 21. So I, I was still astonished there wasn't some lawsuit around that, but they just, I guess, slipped through the cracks or just shows the priority or the political allegiances of the government. Now, there's that small disclaimer again. It's like gray font in front of the gray blurred out part of the picture. So the main picture is a picture of a bottle of Stella Ortiz. And again, I'm not a big beer aficionado. I might be butchering that name. And the top of the bottle says Anno 16 or no, 1360 something. Maybe that was maybe that's when it started. And the bottle says Liberty and says alcohol free 0.0%. So I, I mean, I don't know who's buying this. I, maybe this is their shtick to try to gain the child market. I, I guess I, I mean, there are a lot of adults who are moving away from alcohol, but depending on how they push marketing for these products, they've, it's not unconceivable they could get in trouble like the tobacco industry when they had Joe Camel as a mascot, which they were sued and they were accused of marketing towards children. Now, again, this beer bottle looks exactly the same. It's just that little extra font that says alcohol-free 0.0%. And in terms of building brand allegiance, maybe? And again, more and more adults are not drinking it. But then again, you could say that with tobacco companies having flavored vaping stuff. Well, they're worried about kids buying it. A lot of adults are doing it as well. But nevertheless, whatever it is, it's uninspiring. So I was surprised they actually didn't use a sports balls figure or a country music fan or a horse or a veteran, which used to be the core advertising for Anna's Bush that worked for eons, decades upon decades. This is just a picture of a bottle of Stella, not really beer, it's nothing, it's 0.0%. And no one saw or cared about it which is why I thought it was kind of hilarious from a marketing perspective, because presumably they paid someone to take this picture and they paid an intern or perhaps someone to post this. And again, I, they say it's the start of January. Well, why? Is, is it because they're trying to, because it's supposed, I, I know it's trending like a sober January, a dry January is trending, but I'm surprised they don't say that in the text 
or like they didn't say like to celebrate this dry January or anything like that. This is why we invented or were promoting this product. They just say it's the start of January, which again, you're not educating the consumer because again, there's a lot of people that don't realize that's a social media trending thing in terms of dry January being a thing. And I guess that's why the star, I mean, it's certainly not the star by sales. We can agree on that. That's, it's never been the largest seller in their portfolio. And I just can't believe how few people saw it. So again, this is a multi-billion dollar international business with, what's that, actually curious, what's the total number of followers for the specific parent company, Anheuser-Busch on X Twitter. I mean, they've got 64,000 followers, which again, for a multi-billion dollar business, that's pretty pathetic, but nevertheless, that's a lot of followers. So they have 64,000 followers, and yet for this particular tweet, only, and again, this isn't, you know, two minutes, I'm not taking these statistics and writing them down two minutes after they post it. This was literally 24 hours for these numbers to get here. And I was gonna say, I know it's a couple days later, but this has had time to brew, pun moderately intended. Or do this, does it still brew if there's no alcohol? Nevertheless, this only got 1,661 views and 18 likes, which is nothing. I mean, not to brag, but I did get 13 likes on one of my videos last week. Granted, I would also argue they're, in terms of quality over quantity, they're the awesomest people in the world who like these videos, which is why every time someone comments or they like it, I'm especially appreciative, and granted, it might take me a day or two depending on work schedule to respond to the comments, but I always appreciate the feedback and the likes. Probably the reminder to like the video as well, right now, or now, or in a couple seconds, at your leisure. And again, they only got 18 likes for this, which is nearly unfathomable, almost as popular as Chris Christie, some might argue, and as healthy. Now, that's not bad enough, if that isn't bad enough, rather. They only got four comments, which, not to brag, but I did get eight comments on a video a couple weeks back, and they're highly entertaining and interesting. But they only got four? And I suspect, can't help but think, this is gonna be the usual breakdown of one being spam, one being someone who just wants free stuff, one critiquing them, and one random. But let's dive in and find out. Now, going to the comments section, which they only show one before you have to click show more replies. That's not a good sign. The first one that you can see is from Florida Boy, who, I'll say alleged to Florida Boy, because he did not use an orange, and the little name, the little orange emoji is not present in his name. The picture looks like it's a lake. Snow oranges or alligators in the profile picture, but this alleged Florida boy simply says, nope, and that got one like. Someone by the name of Katzengewer, KTG44, replied saying, quote, go to hell, you'll never get another penny from me, unquote. It is a picture of a, looks like a gentleman who's been a troll, and it has the trans flag color scheme in his hair, there's no, the cartoon does not note the pronouns. I have no idea what it is or is not. And they're on a laptop. And that did get one like. Let's see here. Stifery says, quote, I'll be damned. Thank you for supporting good folks like Strickland and MMA, unquote. Which you might think is a compliment. However, not really, since Sean Strickland is, as the youth might call him, very based in his assessments. When he's saying, you know, don't ask, reporters are asking him gotcha questions about things like sexual orientation. You have teachers, government. They're asking him a lot of questions that have nothing to do with hitting people in the head. I was about to say the two by four. I don't think they've advanced that far in the UFC yet. Be more entertaining, but nevertheless, well, actually, they did merge with the WWE, so maybe it's not unconceivable. But all that aside, 
He's been roasting reporters, as the youth might say, and he's been almost pressuring Bud Light because he's saying all these things, and then Bud Light is sponsoring the MMA, and the shtick is Bud Light is approving what he's saying. Bud Light has not spoken against Sean Strickland, which I was very surprised. I thought they would have some type of public statement saying, we respect the individual rights of our, not, they're not their employees, they're not even contractors, but we respect the fighters of the USC with their freedom of speech. Something, they say anything at all. So they're completely ignoring this elephant in the room or the Sean Strickland in the room. But nevertheless, that's not really a compliment. So again, three for three, all pejorative or poking fun at Anheuser-Busch. So not doing so great. The fourth and final comment, and geez Louise, there's almost as empty as Chris Christie's fan base. But nevertheless, this comes from Scott. And Scott says, quote, Strickland owns your woke asses, unquote. And is a picture, <coughs> excuse me, of Sean Strickland holding a belt with the big UFC logo on it. And that did get one like. So again, as youth might say, they had an epic fail. But yeah, all four comments. So four for four, all negative and roasting Anheuser-Busch. And again, this is a brand that, I mean, they, they own 40 plus brands. But I don't think it's really well known. Truth be told, I think I've seen sell at one or two parties throughout my lifetime. Correct, it's a small sample size. Some people in the comments might argue due to me not going to a lot of parties, but nevertheless, I haven't seen really any of it and never really seen anyone order it at a restaurant. So it'll be interesting to see. They're trying to focus on other brands. I think we're going to see more of this, but I think more and more people are also starting to go on the interwebs and saying, well, what what 40 plus brands does Anheuser-Busch and Bebo? If, if they are a true believer of the Bud Light boycott, Will that continue into the other brands that they subsequently own? Who knows? You might very well have Dom Toretto on Fast and Furious. Maybe he's going to drink a Modelo this time. Instead of the Corona. Which, I was going to say, in terms of brand placement and marketing, previously that was pro probably one of the most successful plugs. That's been in there since the first movie, eons ago, when you actually had the OG Paul Walker acting in the films. They just degraded into, you know, rudimentary acting and no character growth and just basically low budget. Uh, uh, there is allegedly a human who writes scripts for Fast and Furious movies. I can't fathom who. I suspect it's really just an AI amalgamation of just random stuff that happens like in the family. Yeah, but nevertheless, that was a very successful brand placement. And I suspect that would also increase the sales because, again, it's a cute, huge cult following. But for, <laughs> excuse me, for this with Stella, I mean, it's not, it's not entertaining. It's not that interesting it's letting you know about a product that again that doesn't have alcohol and they just say it's the star of january like they don't, they don't really tell you why it's a star you have to you have to do a double take i think you actually read the alcohol free part again the biggest part of the logo again this is a picture of the logo on a bottle of beer or not beer where we call non-alcoholic beer it does say liberty alcohol free but yeah it'll be interesting to see i mean at the end of the day is this going to boost their sales? I would have to say if someone at the Bud Light headquarters or the Anheuser-Busch headquarters, if they're gambling and playing around with that Magic 8-Ball, I'd say the outlook is still not so good. Now going over to the cultural part of the podcast, or rather the political part of the podcast. Again, I am not a doctor. However, if you click the subscribe button, it very well may assist with my speaking ineptitudes. As the story, or as the 
show has gone longer and longer and we've done more and more episodes, it's slowly increased. There's been a modicum of improvement as have the increase in the number of subscribers. And I suspect there's a correlation there. So if you click that button, I would greatly appreciate it. So again, apologies. Going to the political part of the podcast, you have Vivek Ramaswamy on the World Economic Forum going viral on X Twitter. And this again comes from Vivek's individual X Twitter profile. And he was on Fox Business a couple days ago. And the statistics for this were all written 24 hours after it's posted. So again, there's no gotcha question or no gotcha. Oh, hey, you only got two views after 18 minutes. Well, obviously, it takes time. Now, it's a quick little two and a half minute clip. And before the clip, Vivek says on text, quote, the World Economic Forum is really, is really just an old Europe, old world Europe rearing its ugly head again. We fought a revolution in 1776 to say hell no to the old world vision. It's time we say so again, self-governance over art, uh, art these ways. Again, my speaking up to sometimes no, no bounds. He says self-governance over aristocracy is what makes America great, unquote. And again, within 24 hours, it's got 1.3 million views and 31,000 likes. So as youth might say, it went viral to say the least. Although I don't think the youth really snaps their fingers anymore. Truth be told, I don't really know anyone who does, but nevertheless. They're demanding, you're gonna love this, uh, uh, Vivek. They are demanding that we have an international criminal court prosecution of, wait for it, something called ecocide. Ecocide. This is coming out of Davos. Ecocide. Now, I don't know what they think they're talking about. Uh, Mr. Trump or President Trump will never buy into that. What, do you, what does this crowd want? Everything they want. Global warming, John Kerry, uh, it's freezing out in Iowa. Nobody uh, seems to understand that. Big government solutions, big corporate solutions, not yep. small government, small business, entrepreneurial solutions. You know, Vivek, if, if you stay with Trump and you go into his government, I want you to go after Davos. You're going to be the special emissary to go to Davos and, and, and quiet that crowd down. I won't say blow them up because that would be wrong, but quiet them down or give them a facelift or do something. We're not, we're not going to quiet them down. We're going to shut them down. That's what we're going to do, Larry. And I think that you ask what's motivating them. Here's the answer, Larry. It's just like every three-letter agency here. We should think about ATF, CDC, Department of Education. Education, that's a three-letter multilateral institution, WEF. Mm. My answer to all of them with acronyms is shut them down. Mm. What they want is old world Europe. You ask what they want. It's actually a revival of old world monarchy that was skeptical of self-governance. That's what King George believed. That's what the kings of old world Europe believed. And we fought a revolution in 1776 to say that for better or worse, we the people, the citizens of this nation, engage in self-governance. We're the ones who decide how we fight climate change, whether or how we fight racism or jizz. We the people make those decisions at the ballot box, not in the mountaintops of Davos. This is that ugly monster of the old world rearing its head again in the avatar of Klaus Schwab and Larry Fink and the others who speak that old world vision. And we should say absolutely no to that vision. We're a self-governing constitutional republic. That's what it means to be an American. And that's what it means to stand for our 1776 ideals in this country. And you have my word, I will stop at nothing. You know, talking about peaceful means, of course, but stop at nothing, legally and otherwise, to make sure that these people are put back in their place and we have true sovereignty in the United States well, of America. Yeah, I was going to say, it is quite concerning, and many people would say scary, 
They have unelected bureaucrats across the globe that want to control everything you do day to day and prosecute you. Now, perhaps I'm alone in this assessment, but let's go to the comments and see what the top folks are saying. Mr. Paul Suzupa says, quote, WEF is a bunch of unelected, out-of-the-touch globalists who have no place dictating anyone to anything to anyone, especially considering their hypocrisy where they talk about climate change yet fly private planes everywhere they go. The U.S. shouldn't waste time with the WEF or UN either, unquote. They got 207 likes. Nate Boutica says, quote, Vivek has done humanity a tremendous service with his relentless effort to educate the public. Far more are aware of what we now face, of the importance of this moment uh, in the eternal struggle between good and evil as a result of his choices, his words, and his actions. I'm quote, getting 214 likes. Joel Fisher says, quote, I love Vivek more and more. So to the point, he truly loves America. I'm quote, getting 145 likes. Way the world comes in saying, quote, Indians didn't fight in the American Revolution and globalism has nothing to do with the old Europe, unquote. That got 382 likes and more of a contrarian statement. Sam Rigo says, quote, all the WEF wants is control and power. It's why they are limiting the food supply and why they plan to move everyone into smart cities, unquote, getting 18 likes. And quite concerning when you see governments seizing the means of production especially for the food. I was going to say, I know public schools in the United States no longer teach history for the most part, but if you read history books, that's usually when the most evil, most morally vacuous things happened. Nevertheless, back to the comments section. God and Country says, quote, that's the Vivek we all know and love. I'm glad you're still allowed to speak the truth with the MAGA camp. Unquote, getting 99 likes. Leon Carson says, quote, I really love this man. Every single word he says is like a bullet. Unquote, getting 94 likes. Cal Reese, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Again, if you do not, it is fascinating how vital and important soundtracks are and sound effects are for movies. If you don't know that movie, I, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Or the name as well. But Kyle Reese says, quote, Millie said that we need, said what needed to be said their day. That's a good start to letting them know their ideas are terrible. Unquote, getting 70 likes. See, Vivek Ramaswamy quotes, A plus for marketing. The profile picture is in fact of Vivek Ramaswamy. It is also a quote. The quote goes, <coughs> Excuse me. Our movement must live on. America didn't start in 2016. America first didn't start in 2016. It started in 1776. We owe it to our founding fathers to do the right thing for our country. Unquote. Getting 55 likes. Baz says, quote, you're so right. Did anyone ever vote Klaus, Klaus into public office? No. Unquote. Getting 49 likes. Let's see. Benjamin... Hinson said, quote, in 1776, we had to clean house. The house is filthy again, unquote, getting 31 likes. Clark simply says, F the World Economic Forum, unquote, getting 47 likes. Asian Jesus says, quote, Vivek is mainly on steroids, unquote, getting 21 likes. So, yeah, looks like only one or two contrarian statements with an overwhelming majority. Absolutely positive about Vivek and his movement and assisting Trump. Again, at the end of the day, it'll be fascinating to see in what capacity does he continue to be a part of the Trump campaign and what kind of position does he get at the end of the day and where might he be the most successful. And let me know in the comments, are you concerned about the ever-increasing power of unelected agencies and governments throughout the world and organizations that have more and more of an impact and control on your day-to-day life? As always, be fascinated here, what you have to say. Now, going over to the business blunder of the day, you have beds being recalled 
because they actually cause injury, it looks like about 580,000 beds are being recalled. Now, this is thanks to Business uh, Insider NPR, and they note that more than half a million beds sold at retailers like Walmart and Wayfair are under recall because they can break during use, which has resulted in dozens of injuries, which that's not great. They perhaps did not take into account the American waistline or the weight and make it more rigid. Now, they know that the recall impacts several different models and sizes of upholstered, low-profile, standard, and platform beds from Home Design Inc., Silver, the Silver Lake. What? The Silver Lake. That better, with that name, that better, that bed better float. But nevertheless, they note that Silver Lake, Indiana-based furniture wholesaler, wholesaler says it has received 128 reports of these beds, quote, breaking, sagging, or collapsing when used, including 36 unspecified injuries to date. See here. Now they know that consumers can identify if their bed is being recalled by checking the list of impacted models and corresponding part number, which can be found about the CSBC's Thursday recall notice last week and the Home Design website. To receive the free repair kit, you'll need to email Home Design photos of your bed and proof of purchase, as well as the headboard's quote law label. The recall beds, which are really manufactured in Malaysia, were sold at Wayfair, Walmart, and Overstock.com between July 2018 and November 2023, with a price ranging from $100 to $300. They also know that the recall impacts more than 527 home design beds in the U.S. and nearly 56,000 in Canada. And it is a little unfortunate to see more and more manufacturing defects due to low-quality materials. And it is at the end of the day because Americans have, there are certain price points you just kind of have to hit in order to have a product move in the United States. And the upside is no one's there has been any detrimental detrimental injuries which again that would be a kind of a high high bar that'd be highly improbable for that to happen to a bed but still to have people getting injured at all that's definitely not good pr and i suppose the silver lining might be it probably won't be too detrimental because they sound like they're more aggressive price point entry level products which more often than not, there's not a lot of brand allegiance, so to say. You're mainly buying it because it's the lowest price bed or lowest price option. I don't think a lot of people will, the brand, whatever it is, slapped on the box. I don't think that'll be tarnished too much. But at the end of the day, they still had a recall of a over half a million beds because they didn't use the right materials. Or in this case, perhaps they just didn't reinforce certain areas of the bed because it does sound like there's a quick fix so they could mail you a kit to reinforce it. <coughs> but Still, they have such a big, massive recall, and it's even hitting some of the biggest retailers in the world. That's not going to make consumers happy, so they may even start to look elsewhere. So needless to say, to design a bed that can't do the only thing it's supposed to do and have a, such a big recall for half a million units, that is certainly the business blunder of the day. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time to tune in today. Again, we're trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of January, so click that button. I greatly appreciate it. Also, leaving a comment and a thumbs up or a thumbs down is a great way to give me some additional feedback letting me know how I can make the show better and better. Lastly, don't forget to take time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone. Just stay safe and fight the good fight.